Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Well, hello and welcome to another Sandro Forte podcast. I can't believe we are oh, well at 115 or so podcasts now. It's been an absolutely amazing two-year journey. This week, we have a guest I've been looking forward to speaking to for quite some time, and you're about to find out why. Uh, this gentleman's name may not be known to many of you, but you're going to find out why he's A, a good friend, and B, somebody worth listening to. Scott is the founder of Raps Management, a company dedicated to the management and marketing of talented sports stars. His company looks after a number of high-profile individuals in the world of sports, something very much in the Smith DNA, which you're about to find out about as well. This is sure to be a very insightful and very inspiring podcast. So let me start by welcoming Scott Smith, a good friend, dare I say, if I may say that, Scott, and thank you for finding the time to join us on the Sandro Forte podcast today. No problem. No problem. Thank you for having me. I can't believe you're 150-odd shows already. It's amazing, isn't it? Where did two years go? It's extraordinary. Um, and I want, you to, I want you to know, Scott, it's not because you're 115th on the list. It's just that we haven't been able to get our diary straight and get this, get this sorted out. So I'm really glad it's finally happened. Let's start. Well, I mentioned, you know, cryptically, the Smith DNA. But let's go all the way back to... Scott Smith Jr. All, all that time ago. Tell us a little bit about you and the family and where this all started in the world of sports. Um, well, my family were involved in sport for, for a long time, a long time before I was here. Um, my, my, dad, <clears throat> my dad ran a company called First Artist. They, uh, I think, were one of the first ever football agencies uh, that were around, um, looking after people like Maradona, Gascoigne, that sort of era, people working with the England team throughout uh, Bobby Robson's era as well. Um, and he kind of had that running all the way through the kind of late 80s, early 90s, or all the way through to the early 2000s, um, when I think he kind of packaged up his business into sport, entertainment, theatre, uh, and then sold it. But during that time as well, he owned the London Monarchs, which were the American football team that played at Wembley. Um, so I didn't really have a choice. It was only ever going to be sport. I mean, not that I would ever complain about that, but it was only ever going to be sport that, that I was going to end up in. Um, we, it became kind of normal for us to be going in and around sport and in and around football and footballers and things like that, which was probably the best upbringing I could have asked for. I mean, my brother and I, just constant memories that we talk about all the time about being around the England team and going on the team coach and things like that and going to games and meeting. I mean, we, we were lucky enough to meet our heroes and be around them when we were younger. I mean... Growing up, I, mean, I remember the 98 World Cup and Beckham's penalty miss. I mean, we, they were, that was kind of the start of that golden era. And my brother and I had met these players, been around these players, and it was, it was quite inspiring to be around. But um, it just kind of pushed me in that direction of sport even more. 
Do you, um, I, I'm interested in this because my father passed away when I was very young. I think had he still yeah. been alive, I think because of that immersion, okay, different, different line of work, he ran a restaurant business, but I guess if he'd still been alive, that, that influence and that day-to-day immersion that I had probably would have pushed me in the same direction. Were you not, I, I, and, and I know because your father is a, is a very high profile in the world of sport and particularly carved the name out for himself in, in football in particular, was there not a temptation for you to kind of go in the opposite direction? And once you decided that football was going to be for you, sport was going to be for you, how difficult was it to create your own identity, to move away from uh, being a son in dad's shadow? Because you do see that a lot. And I, I've always admired in you, Scott, the fact that you have become very much your own man. Uh, same line of work, but very, very separate and distinct in all you do to your to your father i think that would be fair to say how, how do you go about carving something out for yourself when really all the temptations were well just following dad's footsteps make it nice and easy for myself um well probably two things really i mean my my dad i don't know if you know he's he's uh he's 68 this year i hope that's right but he's 68 this year um he had kids a little bit a little bit later in life um so he'd actually sold his business by the time I was starting. He sold his business in 2000 and I might have been 2008, 2009, something like that. Um, and I didn't set up my business till around about 2011, 2010. Um, so it was never a case of, I mean, I, I don't think I would have ever gone and worked for my dad anyway, but it was never a case of, okay, going to, to the dad, to, to your dad's business sort of thing. Um, it was never on the cards for me. It wasn't something that I ever, ever looked at. During the time when he was working, I was playing football. So I was in and out of various academies. I went over to, to the States. I, I played for LA Galaxy over there um, for a short period of time. Uh, it was great fun. I, I, I have great memories. I met some amazing people by doing that and traveling around the world and seeing things at such a young age. Um, but it also probably, by not being at university and things like that, it probably allowed me to mature uh, a lot quicker I would say than I would than I, than I would have done had I been going to university and going down the educational route um which allowed me to set up a business from a younger age and the way I, I saw it I, I, to pull away from kind of just being in my dad's shadow and he he understands this and respects this but I never wanted to be John Smith's son if that makes sense um I always just wanted to be Scott Smith um so I decided that rather than setting up in football straight away which is I knew where we would end up in sport um I decided that we would start the business by uh, signing into entertainment talent. And it's an interesting story. We, uh, I started the, started the business, I think it was, uh, it would have been a, a Tuesday or Wednesday night. I started business with a close friend of mine. Um, and on the, the Friday or the Saturday, my brother got us an invite to a Bjorn Borg fashion event. Um, we met someone from Made in Chelsea, which was a reality TV show at the time. We signed him to a contract that didn't exist because there was no company at that point. Um, wanted to see how it went, see how it goes. We signed him. We spoke to ITV a few weeks later. We got a contact there. And he ended up doing that, the, the show I'm a Celebrity. So that set us up as a business straight away. I mean, it was, it was lucky. It was, I think, to some extent, you create your own luck. But uh, it, was, it was the luck that we needed to kickstart straight away. Um, and by that, we, we then grew and went into that entertainment world for about 12 to 18 months. And then slowly through people that I'd grown up with in the football industry, people I've met in academies and like that who had gone on and to do well and to, to create themselves a, a, 
a good career in the football world. We started working with them. And I mean, in the early days, we worked with people like Harry Kane as well early on. And I mean, we did things like the Call of Duty events for him. And it was when we were just going into, into sport. Uh, and I feel like we were involved right at that beginning of this kind of boom of social media and, and new media, which has allowed sports stars to grow their brand in a different sense. I mean, if you go back 15, 20 years, footballers played football. Now footballers play football and they have fashion ranges and they're entertainment and they do TV shows and they have uh, a full brand around them, which requires a full service now. Uh, so football in itself isn't just a, a business. Football in itself is, has become individual brands that need solid representation to, to help them maximize their careers. And, and that's kind of how I've learned from the entertainment industry and the football industry and kind of put two and two together to, uh, to create five, I guess, if that makes sense. Because it's, mm. it's not just one thing that you're doing. It's multiple areas that you're delivering on. Uh, I, I've been really uh, excited about this conversation today, Scott, because I, uh, there's two facets to um, the, the way you run your business and also the life you live. Um, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast who are either running their own business um, to a greater or less extent and with whatever degree of success or not as the case may be. But also there are many analogies with success in life and business and you're experiencing both. So I'm, I'm particularly interested to know that you run a successful business and we'll talk about what it takes to be a good, a good agent as well and, and all the qualities there. But you run a very successful business and you see many people succeed in sports. Are there commonalities between winning in sport and winning in business? Uh, yeah, there's a common, a common ground of being driven and having that natural ambition, um, wanting to succeed. I mean, personally, I don't, I don't believe that anyone ever fails. I, I just believe that they get to a point where they gave up if they stopped. Um, I think not making it and something that you put your put yourself into to a level isn't necessarily failure you just didn't continue until you reached the levels you wanted to, to reach um, and I think in football the success rate is so low I mean I think it's something like uh, the numbers may have changed now but I think it's something around about 60% of players drop out of an academy before they uh, they play under 23s football and then it's mm. something I think it's like 89% of players drop out of the academies before they play first team football so yeah. I mean to me you have players, you look in the Premier League now, you could arguably say that not the talent, not the most talented players always make it. I mean, prime examples of that are players like Ravel Morris and Nar Ranger, these guys, that, that they were born with natural talent to go and play at the top, top level. Um, and for whatever reason it was, they, they didn't fulfil their potential. Um, you, you look at other players who, you know, play week in, week out in the Premier League. I mean, you look at someone like Darren Fletcher and Michael Carrick, both had fantastic careers, won Premier League, won Champions League. They weren't technically the most fantastic footballers, but they were solid footballers who gave 150% and trained to their fullest amount every single day. Um, and they maximised on everything that they had. Uh, and that's what allows them to, to go on and achieve. In the business world, I would say it's quite similar, but different elements, if that makes sense. It would be more to do with the fact of understanding the, the industry you're in and you know, football and sport is, is very similar because you train, you learn what you have to train and that's what you, what you work on. In the business world, if you're going to be a lawyer, there's, there's a lot of things you need to learn before you, you kind of set yourself out and, and drive to where you want to, to, to drive to. If, you're, if you want to be an agent now, you can't just know the ins and outs of a football transfer because if I just knew the ins and outs of a football transfer, 
I wouldn't be able to deliver commercial deals to our clients. I wouldn't be able to talk to them about social media. I mean, to an extent, I need to talk to need to learn to talk to them about mortgages and cars and shopping and and travel and all of those sorts of things. Um, so you kind of become a jack of all trades in that industry. But look, in terms of ambition and, and drive, I would say there is some similarities. But in terms of being away from sport, not just football, a lot of it is is constant learning and, and never thinking that you're at the level you want to be at because you can always keep going to the next step. Yeah, good answer. And, you know, agents, all cards on the table, uh, a bit, bit like the industry I work <laughs> I in. I well. wild guess at what the next few days are. <laughs> well, look, okay, um, I, this, is, this is not a Piers Morgan kind of question, but agents don't get the best press, but there are some fantastic ones, and I, and I count you amongst those. So the question is, what does it take to be a good agent like Scott Smith? Because you are a good one. I mean, you're very highly thought of. Um, you are very diligent. You're very honest and, and open and transparent. Is it just those things, or is there more to it? Why, why do you have such a great reputation in your in your profession? I think if I can just take that last thirty seconds, and whenever I go and meet a player, I'll just play that at the very beginning. That's probably <laughs> the job, probably the job done. Um, no, look, I think you kind of touched with there. Transparency is key. Uh, you you have to be open and honest w- with everything, whether that's you know feedback on meetings that you've had with the clubs or with other players or other individuals or agency fees. You're, you know your players should actually know what what you're earning because otherwise there's that uh, kind of potentially underlying um, mistrust of you know you see at the end of the season. I mean I think they've just been announced the figures of you know certain clubs spending twenty thirty forty million on agents fees. Um, you know, and only doing 25, 30 deals or 13 contract renegotiations throughout the whole time. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, four or five agents being paid a lot of money there. Um, yeah. So transparency is, is key. Um, I think honesty is probably the most important thing. Um, throughout a player's career, if you span it over, let's say, 15 to 20 years max, uh, there's, there's going to be times where things aren't going well and things aren't good and there will be bad news to deliver. At that point, it's kind of a rip the plaster off situation and find a solution. Let's not let's not kind of dilly dally around it behind the scenes. Uh, let's be very open and honest and transparent. As you said before, there is a problem. Let's go and sort it. That sort of mentality. Um, think also the willingness to work with people. I think we hear so much on, on TV about how the agent and the club are at war. Um, you're not doing a good job for your player if you're at war with his club, because how can you, how can you be in the middle of it? And if you're not able to have a normal conversation with the club. So if I'm looking after player X and I'm also looking after player Y, and they're both playing for, let's say, Arsenal. And I go in and, and shout and scream at Arsenal about player X. How on earth am I going to achieve the best deal for player Y? Um, so it's all about building relationships, honesty, complete transparency. And if you, if you follow by those three rules, you can't go too far wrong. And you know, we also kind of have a policy now, and we've and we don't want to sign 400 players. Um, we don't want to don't want to have you know uh, an untold amount of players that we can't actually fully service. Uh, we have a policy now of working with players that that want to work with us as well. Because we want that excitement, we want to enjoy the good moments together, and we want to help in the bad moments. Um, so I, I would say honesty, honesty, transparency, uh, the relationships, and, and also just dealing with whatever comes your way in, in the most upfront, transparent way is, is the key to us as well, I would say. One thing that I find, and I think I speak for most people, there's this... Um this conundrum, this conflict uh, that you see in players, many of them, again, I'm generalizing, so apologies to a number of them, but generally speaking, a lot of them kind of come complete with the fairly large ego, uh, live in a very materialistic bubble, 
But at the same time, I think it's fairly true to say, particularly for people like you and I that know them well, they're very vulnerable, the majority of them. So yeah. what are, how, do you, how do you balance the ego and the vulnerability? And, and more particularly, what advice would you give to people having to deal with this, this kind of conflict, the, the, these, the, the two parts of a personality that are almost diametrically opposed to each other? Um, ego for me is an interesting one. Uh, the, you, can't, you can't succeed in any walk of life, in my opinion, without actually having some sort of um, ego which bigs yourself up. Uh, because then in the bad moments, you don't actually allow your, your ego to be damaged and you drive yourself forward and you find a reason as to why that happened and, and figure it out and, and, and find a cure. Um, I think you mentioned it there with people around them sometimes. You know, there, there, there are people who, you know, you can go out and you can do whatever that, that will cling on to people for fame. Uh, they will use them for everything they can. And then once they've got everything they can, they'll move on to the next one. Um, and that, that's where players or you know, even actors, actresses, whoever it might be, someone of, of note, just needs to be careful and, and you know, choose your, your circle wisely because the, the trust issue is the biggest thing. And you know, nine times out of 10, when a celebrity gets in trouble, I can pretty much guarantee you it, wasn't, it probably wasn't their own doing. Uh, the majority are in the wrong place at the wrong time because they've ended up in with the wrong crowd. Um, having said that, you know, sometimes it's, it's not that, that's not the case, but you do have to be very careful with, with the company you keep. And the company you keep, you don't want to just be there for the 10 years you're playing. You want them to be there for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 after that. Um, and we see that with players that keep their friends who, who grow through that academy system with them, end up being able to enjoy their successes with them rather than questioning why they're actually there, if that makes sense. Yeah. What advice then, going back to you, Scott Smith, as a business person, and many, many people who listen to this podcast are either attempting to start their own business uh, and maybe finding it just a bit difficult to get started, or they are looking to take their business to the next level uh, for them to become as successful as you've become in yours. What advice would you give to somebody either looking to start their own business or to developing a business? In other words, are there any kind of golden rules by which you run your business, Scott, uh, in terms of the, the, the must-haves, the things that are non-negotiable in order to achieve successful outcomes? Uh, for us, it's, I, I want to work with people that, that have passion and, uh, and have ambition and, and don't want to succeed until they, until they reach the levels that they've set themselves. And then once they've reached those levels, they, they want to keep going to whatever the next one is. Uh, that, that's the way, that's kind of the rule that we have. That, that, that's it. There, there's no other, uh, there's, there's nothing, I won't, I won't ever not work with anyone. I won't ever say, okay, well, we're not doing this, not doing that. Because sometimes you've got to be, I mean, you'll know this as, as much as anyone, you've got to be very open-minded to how you do business because otherwise you can get caught up in an old school way of, of doing something. And in an ever-changing world, in a world that's being influenced by social media and the digital side, commercial side, everything is, is always evolving and always growing and you've got to stay with the times. Um, so you, you've got to always keep that door open for change. The advice I always say to people, I, mean, I always say, if you're, if you're working for someone, you're kind of putting money in someone's pocket. If, if you're working for yourself, it might, might be a bit less money at the beginning, but inevitably all that money is going into your pocket. So I would say if you've got, if you've got a passion, you've got something that you want to try, you've got a, a business in mind or you've just started a business, it's probably, you know, you're talking... You're talking years and years and years of hard work and graft to get to a point where you're even just going to be comfortable. And even then, you probably won't be comfortable because you want to take it to the next level. I mean, some of my favorite books that I see are 
a title, an overnight success that took 10 years. And I think Michael McIntyre wrote a book called that. Um, but that's because people don't see what goes in behind the behind closed doors, but they all want to be part of the separation, if that makes sense. Uh, so I would say set yourself goals and know, once, when you, know that once you reach them, that's when it's not time to stop and admire how far you've come. Do that for a day. And then you move on and find the new goals and find the next levels. And if you see it, if I talk about football agency, if I see an agency doing something, I say, okay, we want to do that. We'll get to that point of doing that. But if they're, if they're doing that by the time we're not, they're already a step ahead of us. So by the time we catch up, what are they doing next? So we need to leapfrog them to figure out what the next thing is whilst also catching up with them. Um, so it, it's always evolving, always looking forward. But also, you know, if, there's gonna, if, if you're setting up your business and you're going, there's going to be multiple bad times. There's going to be some amazing times that you can enjoy for half a minute and then move on. Because you can't, you know, as a football coach will tell you, you can't stand and admire your pass. You've got to find the next one. Um, so that's, that's the advice I'd say. Just keep driving, keep moving forward. Don't give up on anything. Set the targets, reach them, admire that for 30 seconds or half a minute, and then set the new targets and keep moving forward. And if you don't know what the new targets are, keep moving forward because they'll become evident. Um, you can't stand still. You've, you've got to always be evolving and always be reinventing yourself and your business as well. And, and work with passionate people. Work with people who are passionate about what they do and have people that work for you that, that inspire you as well. Um, you know, if you, if you want to you work with people, that if you want to be in an environment that is going to be con- continually driving you forward, you've got to choose who you work with carefully as well. Yeah, very, very good advice, I have to say. Uh, resonates with me completely. Uh, more lighthearted now, um, if I may. Now, I wouldn't be so unprofessional uh, to compromise you in any way by asking you about the kinds of players you represent. But um, I, I will leave that to you to mention them if you, only if you want to. But I just wondered, any, any funny stories you can share? Because I'm sure there's a few along the way that, uh, that might be worth no names being mentioned because we don't want to be sued or anything like that. But any, any particular standout moments that have kept you chuckling to yourself over all the years? Um, I'd have, honestly, I'd have to have a think about that. I mean, there will have been times. Um, I, wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say there's any kind of standout funny moments. We've, we've, had, a, we've had a lot of fun journeys along the way. Um, I mean, here in the States, we've had a lot of uh, fun deals. We've had to jump through hoops to, to, to get to. Um, there's, there's been some petty moments from people outside of our influence, if that makes sense. From um, No, there's, never, there's not been anything really that I could... I mean, nothing jumps to mind, so I'd have to have a think about that and come back to that one on you. All right. Well, uh, in the meantime, while we're having a think about that, I know you are very busy. I know that, you know, the life of a football agent is not somebody who sits behind a desk nine to five. So, you know, many evenings off to watch matches, um, supporting the players. It's not just about contract negotiation and so on. So, you know, a lot of time outside of the normal working hours for most people is taken up with, uh, with all those extra things that you have to do as part and parcel of, of the way you support your players. So inevitably, you know, as a family man, how do you balance work and life? Because that's, that's a question we get asked on this podcast a lot through emails is, you know, how do I balance work-life? Is it just a question of accepting that it, you can't have the best of both worlds or are there any little secrets that you can share? Um. It's not necessarily having the, the best of both worlds. I mean, I do think you can. It is just finding that balance that is key, but it's mostly for yourself, if that makes sense. Um, having a balance where you're, you're happy with the amount of time you put into work and you're happy with the amount of time you, you spend on your private life um, it is probably the key that I would say. I mean, I, I would say 
I'm never not working. So whether that means that I'm in England or away, wherever that be, maybe um, I'm never not working. I'm always doing things. I'm always on the go. And that for me is, is actually quite nice because I'm able to put the phone down for an hour and switch off if I need to, um, which means I can switch off from work. But I'm also able to, uh, to pick up the phone and work for an hour if I need to, wherever I might be. In terms of my day-to-day life, I mean, out of lockdown, I actually don't find it too difficult. Um, look, when I'm going to games, I'm traveling and doing, I try and tie the same things into you know a couple of days. So if I'm going to go and see a game I'll, up north, I'll, I'll travel up north and I'll go and try and do maybe six or seven meetings in, in the space of two days and go to two or three games throughout that time. Um, and then when I'm back down south, back down at home, I mean, it, for me, it's kind of like normal life. Wake up, go to work come home and, and that doesn't doesn't change and I don't actually find it too difficult to be honest with you I mean I enjoy what I do so it doesn't feel doesn't feel too much like work mm. now you you will have noticed I'm sure Scott that I haven't mentioned Liverpool yet um, and that's because it's it's still quite painful uh, to, to have seen them win the premiership but in fairness uh, with my objective hat on fully deserved played the best football but one thing that we are hearing a lot is you know, credit to the manager. Great team, great group of players. Um, if I may say, there's a couple of world-class players. But as individuals, we haven't got 11 world-class players. It's a bit like the, the great Manchester United sides that Alex Ferguson built. Um, manager gets a lot of credit. Be interested on your views and what makes Jurgen Klopp great, what he does, because clearly he is. And what is it about that particular team? Some people are saying best Liverpool side ever. I'm not necessarily sure I, I agree with that but um whether you do or whether you don't there's something about that team of players that's made them almost invincible so what is it about Jurgen Klopp what is it about the team he's built that has taken them to new heights in the world of football uh, I think that the the first thing that needs to be that needs to be uh noted for them and and that they need to get credit for is that they, they didn't go and buy superstars uh, so Mo Salah, I mean, regardless of what they paid for them, so Van Dijk and, and all these guys, regardless, you can say, oh, they paid 75 million for Van Dijk. But let's start at the front. You go Salah, Firmino, Mane. I think they're around about 30 million each. Arguably all worth over 100 million now. So they've created three superstars from good players there. Um, you work through the team. They've got a leader in Jordan Henderson, Van Dijk and Alisson. Yep, they spent, I think, 120 million on the two of them overall. But they'd also just sold Coutinho for the same amount of money. So they didn't invest money that they didn't have. Uh, they weren't using owner's money, if that makes sense, and uh, money that, that wasn't there from the club. Um, and they've created superstars from them. So the majority, I mean, yeah, they've obviously got the players come through the academy, the likes of, of Trent as well, people like Andy Robertson that have come through as well. Um, I think they paid, I think, it, I think it was about six to seven million, something. I might be a bit wrong, I might be a little bit out on that. But, you know, he, again, Andy Robertson is probably worth, what, 50, 60 million now? Um, mm. That they've they've created this team of of superstars, and you know that they they have a real good mix of talent, attitude, work rate um, between that team. But then you look at the manager; uh, arguably, you could say he's probably the best manager in the world now. I mean, there's a lot of good ones out there, but in this particular moment, what they've done over the last two years, I think any other. Premier League season, apart from last year, they would have won the league. Or maybe apart from last year and the year before, they would have won the league. And they won 97 points. Uh, they obviously won the Champions League last year. Um, and, you know, we, we've been fortunate enough as an agency to be in and around that club and, and be dealing with them at, at a high level. And they're a good club to work with. Um, they've got good people in there. I mean, we work with people like 
you know, Michael Edwards, who is the sporting director there, you know, they're, they're good people. Um, they want the best for the club. They want the best for the players. Um, and and they've built they've built from the ground up there really and yeah you know, they've got an opportunity now to as much as you probably won't want to hear it they've got an opportunity to become Man United throughout that uh, you know nineties two thousand period where they could go on a kind of period of domination now um, to to win four five six Premier League titles which was certainly made up for the last thirty years that's for sure. Mm. Uh, so we're running out of time, which is shame, really, because I, I we can keep going and have this uh, extend this conversation still further. But um, this is self-indulgent slightly, so forgive me. Yeah. But you know, we've known each other quite a while, Scott. Um, but I'm sure there's plenty of things about you I don't know, and uh, that our researchers have not been able to find out. Is there any any kind of little hidden secrets that we might be interested to know about Scott Smith? Like you know, were you a like a long-haired rock drummer or, you know, <laughs> I don't know, something something crazy that we may not necessarily know about. It's got to be something because you're... Well, if, I, if, I, too... if I told you, if I told you, it wouldn't be a hidden secret anymore, would it? <laughs> no, I don't suppose it would, really. Um, but is, um, is there anything well... you can share with us we may not necessarily know? Because you're, you know, just like a, a a dead, straight, normal guy, you know, just... And I'm sure there's got yeah, to be I mean... Uh, look, I'm same as, as everyone else. I mean, I, I would say but for myself, I'm, I'm an incredibly driven and ambitious person i've never really cared what people think i've always wanted to go and achieve and if you know if people are going to tell me otherwise it was irrelevant because i was only going to believe myself and what i wanted to achieve um i I feel like i'm only just really getting started to be honest with you i feel like where we're going to go in the heights that we're going to be able to achieve are are going to go way beyond what, what we're doing now um and uh I mean, in terms of hidden secrets, not really. I mean, I, I kind of you are you get what you see with with me, really. I mean, you know, we're we're very open. We've we've been going for a, quite a while now, business wise, and um, you know, I, I would only say that, like I said this at the, at the kind of the beginning, honesty is is a good policy. Um, and if you if you stick to that, you you can't go too far wrong. And you know, when I was younger, I, I would always I wasn't the sort of person that would be you know going out to clubs i mean I, I don't drink so that is that might be a secret that not many people know but i don't drink and you know the reasons behind that are two things really because it started when i was playing football at the time and i, I felt like i wanted to give myself every opportunity to make it at the highest level the reality of it is is that there were you know i still believe I, I had the talent to make it but there were people who wanted it more than me um and people who probably needed it more than me and, and i wasn't willing to 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 do the work that needed to be done and that was a massive lesson for me at that time. But the other reason I don't drink um, is also because I, I, I like going out with my friends. And I like doing, you know, going out for this and doing what I'm doing. And I'm happy to get in at three, four in the morning. But if I haven't drunk, I can still get up at eight o'clock the next morning. Yes, I'll be tired, but I can operate fully throughout that next day. Um, and it's giving me every opportunity to achieve what I can achieve. And, you know, that's, um, that's the, the kind of the motto that I have and the mantra that I stick by. Uh, nice. my, my friends, my my friends would would probably tell you sometimes that I, I would annoy them because I, I sometimes sit them down and talk to them about what I think they should be doing, which is completely wrong. But and it's done and it's done with the best intentions. Might explain the reason why you're so fit as, and, and well as well then. So uh, a lesson to be learned. Um, so um, what's next for Scott Smith? I mean, you're going to conquer the world, grow the agency. Are you going to stay belly boutique? What, what's the plan? We'll keep growing the agency, but with the right players. We're not we're not going to sign you know 300 players as, as a lot of agencies have have done. And you know they've been successful at it, but at that point, I think they're looking at a numbers game. They're going right. If we sign 310 percent of them, come good, we're in a great position. Um, we're not looking to do that. We're we're looking to grow the grow the agency, grow it to a level where 
we have a group and a roster of world-class players. Uh, but I think something for me that actually probably not many people would know apart from uh, people that are close to me, something that always interests me was the movie world. Um, and I'll keep growing the agency. I don't ever want that to stop. But I also at some point, not in the near future, but in the distant future, um, would like to get involved in the movie world in, in some way, shape or form. My dream as a youngster was to have my own movie studio, which I know is incredibly expensive, but I don't see any reason why you can't aim, aim for this off. Well, that's a, that's a bit of a little secret, isn't it? We've managed to yeah, well, coerce that out of you. Um, so yeah. final, final couple of questions. How do we find out more about you? You've got website presence. Are you on social media? I guess we you must do. be both of those things. Yeah, no, we do. We, we, the website is funny enough just being redone, but it's, uh, it's just rapsmanagement.com and all of our social media is just, is just at rapsmanagement, R-A-P-S management. Um, nah. And you find out all the information about the company and, and what we do and, uh, and the players that we work with. The, the one thing that I would say that we're, we're doing very well at the moment is we're, we're signing a lot of good young players um, and we, we're getting a, a roster of players who can, can really go on and do very well. And the, the beauty of that with us is that Having, having potentially been working with them from the ages of 16, 17, 18. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to go on a journey for them, but also open doors and, uh, and be part of that as, as almost an extension of the family to them by that point. Um, mm. Potentially could be with them for 10, 15 years, and after that, if they want to have a media career. Wow. Well, good luck. Uh, on behalf of everyone listening, good luck in all that you continue to do. And uh, I enjoy a friendship, and, and long may that continue as well. Final Likewise. question, Scott. Uh, so if a younger version of yourself came up to you one day and said, um, given all of your life's experience in, in business and sport and all the other things you've learned along the way, what few words of wisdom could you give me that would enable me to focus on all the things I want to try and achieve for myself uh, in life and in business? Um, just to relax and what will be will be. Give yourself every opportunity to, for the right thing to happen. Um, but don't don't stress over it because what will be will be and uh, if it's meant to happen it will happen if it's not something else will happen that in a few years time you look back and think thank god the first thing didn't happen otherwise the second thing wouldn't have happened um, and do the right thing just don't don't do something that in a few years time you wish you didn't do it so do the right thing um, and, and do right by people because even if they're not going to do right by you do the right thing by them and hold your head high because that Inevitably, there'll be a point where you know someone does something to you that you don't necessarily agree with and don't think was the right thing, given every all the hard work, everything that you could have done for them. Um, but if you've done the right thing, then then you can walk away with your head held high and, and move on to the next project. Fantastic advice, Scott Smith. Uh, thank you very much indeed for finding this time today. It's been a long time coming, but I'm glad we made it happen. And uh, and your insights and wisdom and your very open and transparent sharing today are going to benefit a lot of people. So on behalf of the many, many people listening, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Sandra. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Likewise. And to everyone listening, thank you once again for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast. Two years in just about, uh, and all those guests, and they just keep getting better. And Scott Smith, if you ever get the chance to connect with him, he is a really, really top fella. I have to say that. Each week, we've got a new guest joining us to share their own insights into achieving success or overcoming life challenges. Please make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends about it too. Follow us on social media. Sandro's podcast, same on all channels. You know the drill by now. And if you want to email us with a question, hello at sandrospodcast.com. 
please leave the reviews on iTunes. And if you do, you'll automatically be entered into a draw to win one of the prizes donated by guests of the Sandro Forte podcast. And who knows, we might be able to coerce one from Scott Smith. So until this time next week and another great guest, goodbye for now. Thank you.